Today I'm interviewing Friedrich Bockner. He's a busy bee at the Vienna Business Immigration Office. In the last year, the Business Immigration Office has established itself as a consulting agency with tight connections to the MA35 and the AMS. They are free, anonymous and immensely helpful. I hope you enjoy listening. Immigration Stories Austria Hello, Fritz. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for visiting us here at the Business Immigration Office. Yeah, do you quickly want to introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Uh, yes, my name is Friedrich Bruckner. I'm working for the Vienna Business Agency since 2010. Um, before that, I worked for an international expat insurance company. So that's how I got into that topic, pretty much. And um, yeah, I first worked for the expat center of the Vienna Business Agency, which existed since 2010. And since last year, I'm at our new baby here at the Business Immigration Office, which is a cooperation between us from the Vienna Business Agency and the Magistrat 35, which is, I think, known to every foreigner in Vienna. Uh, and also with the AMS, the Austrian Labour Market Service, is a cooperation partner here. Mm -hmm. So how did this new project came about? What was the need for it? We always noticed in our statistics of the expat center that questions about immigration law and foreigners employment law are taking up a pretty big part of the work we had there. So from the very beginning, like every second question we answered there already was about these topics. And this percentage became more and more over the years. And at the same time, we noticed that although we had a pretty well established kind of informal communication with the Magistrat 35 as well as with the AMS, we found out that it would help all involved parties if we would structure these processes a lot more and if this communication would become more direct and more, um, more intensive. And this was the starting point basically for saying, okay, let's, let's have a look. Can we maybe bring these three organizations much, much closer together? And it was a pretty long process. Um, COVID didn't help. And yeah, but in autumn of 2021, we really got started here. And it has been working very well since then. Like uh, We really have the MA35 and us working door to door. And the AMS is, in, is also very integrated into them. Like we have like a, a red telephone to call them oh, if wow. we have any questions about, about cases and things like that. And we've all, all three together analyzed our processes and looked at where, where are the connecting points between the organizations and things like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we really hope to change, change to the positive for everybody who's mm -hmm. involved in it. So you're, the Vienna Business uh, Immigration Office is actively changing or um, looking into processes of immigration or is it supporting, uh, is it supporting the cases themselves? We see ourselves mainly as a consulting and information office which supports people in their administration processes with the two other partners. Um, we are not legally fixed in the, in, the, in the laws, so the Vienna Business Agency isn't mentioned in the Austrian Residency Act as a, as a major organization, but we try to prepare people as good as possible for the applications that they then want to make 
either to the AMS or for the majority of the cases to the Magistrate Certified. So the idea is that ideally they come to see us before they are making an application for one of the types of permits that the Business Immigration Department of the MA35 deals with. So our focus is on people who apply for the Red White Red card, for the EU Blue card, for the Settlement Permit for Researchers, the so-called mm -hmm. Niederlassungsbewilligung Forschende. Um, we also deal with ICT applications, so that's intercorporate transfers. Um, and we always also include the family members of all of these groups. Mm -hmm. So these are the people who can really profit from our services the most because they could get a consulting session from us. We tell them what different types of permits they could maybe apply for. We show them the advantages and disadvantages of every option. We show them where they get the forms that they need for the application, which documents they have to attach, what the different options are of how to apply actually. Mm -hmm. um, and if they're fine with that and if they feel safe doing it, then basically the people to whom they have to apply are literally sitting next door. <laughs> that sounds fairly easy when you describe it that way. Um, we try to make it as easy as possible. Um, of course, to be honest, there, there will always be challenges arising. People, There will always be the one missing document mm -hmm. or the one specific situation in everybody's case. Um, but we try to at least remove all those traps that other people have fallen into already. And there, mm -hmm. are, there are a few kind of very common ones that people get wrong and things like that. So. Do you want to elaborate on that? I'm sure <laughs> everyone would be curious. Um, well, my personal crusade in immigration consulting is to, to try to get to people, for example, understand the difference between a visa and a residency permit. Mm -hmm. So that these are two completely different things in Austria. They're regulated by different kinds of laws. They're under the supervision of different public bodies. Um, there's totally different rules on how to apply for them, how to extend them and so on. But a lot of foreigners kind of see them as one thing mm -hmm. and kind of get things mixed up and tell us that they want to apply for a job seeker visa while they actually want to apply for an extension of their student residency permit for job search purposes, mm -hmm. which are two completely different things. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, some, that's something with which I very, very often start my consulting sessions, like to try to get these two things separate from each other. Um, other things would be, for example, that a lot of people don't know that for some types of residency permits it is possible to apply, for example, by email or by letter, mm -hmm. uh, but not for all of them. Okay. And so, yeah, often those ones who would have the chance to do it don't do it, but wait for longer times to, to get application appointments, which are not necessary. And on the other side, you have people sending in applications who unfortunately can't use that possibility to just then be told that they still have to come personally. So that's also something we, we mm -hmm. can try to make easier for people. Can you name specific processes where you can hand in online or, the, or um, via email? Or yeah, there? that's um, the, all types of the red, white, red card, mm -hmm. um, the EU blue card, and also the settlement permit for employed artists. Mm -hmm. um, they always had this chance and something that's very interesting from the 1st of October onwards when we have the new reform of the Austrian Residency Act, this right will also include their family members. 
So not only the red, white, red card application for one key, for example, management staff member can be done by email, but also the red, white, red card plus applications for their husband or wife, for their registered partner, for their children, they can also be sent in the same package, basically, mm -hmm. as the, the, the main person's application. So that's from the 1st of October onwards. Um, and I think this is going to make a lot of things easier because it avoids the waiting time for the appointment. And also in many countries, for example, people would have to travel to an Austrian embassy first to make the application there. And now they could. this can be done by email. Just what's very important, the email has to come from the future employer of the person, mm. not the person themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's because then you can you ruin your chances. So people have to send everything that they want to send in to their employer first, and the employer then sends the email or sends the letter to the magistrate. Okay, so there are the specific forms that have to be filled out by the employer, and they have to then send all the details about their future employees to. Yeah, the, well, um, the, the applicant agencies. has to mm -hmm. fill out their own application form and also sign that individually as if they would present it themselves. And the employers have to fill out the so-called Arbeitgebererklärung or employer's declaration and have to add this document to all the documents that they have received from their future staff member. And then the employer sends all of these things together to the magistrate. Okay. Mm -hmm. That um. helps to avoid the waiting time for the appointment, basically, and that can mean that uh, an application can get processed up to a month faster. Oh, wow, that's a lot quicker. Yeah, it really helps. Mm -hmm. What are the current processing times that you see now on average for? It's very difficult to estimate because it very much depends on the type of application. Mm -hmm. For the red, red, red cards and the EU blue cards, the Residency Act says that the authorities have to aim to take a decision within eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And in our experience, this is also this works in the vast majority of cases. Just people have to be aware that this phase means from the application arriving in Vienna until the decision is taken. This does not automatically mean the full processing time. Mm -hmm. So if an application is made through an Austrian embassy abroad, the magistrate fully depends on the Austrian foreign ministry how fast this application then comes to Vienna. And at the end of the, the process, you might already have the letter of decision that says, hello, we, we love to have you here. Um, but it can then still take two weeks approximately until you hold the card in hands that really is your, your entrance to the labor market. Um, that's also something I can only emphasize on because there's a lot of myths going around around that. You're only allowed to start working once you hold that residency card, that red, white, red card or that EU blue card in hands. It's not about having received the letter of decision. It's not about somebody having called you and told you that you're going to get it. It's about really holding it in hand. Okay, wow. Have you had horror stories where this had to be then revoked? Or unfortunately, why this? Yeah, unfortunately, for example, people sometimes overstay their visa-free staying times during the time that they wait for their application to be processed. And so they are at the time when they want to pick up the card, they are suddenly actually in Austria illegally because they've overstayed their visa. 
And this is again where this difference between visa and residency permit comes into the game. Um, and they can then not be handed their residency card anymore because they have just violated Austrian law by overstaying their visa. So they are considered no longer kind of innocent enough to receive the residency permit. And that can be really harsh because it's often really just about a few days. Mm -hmm. So that's something we really, we always emphasize on. So people, please, if you want to do, if you are from a country that allows visa-free entry and you want to use these visa-free 90 days for your application here in Vienna, then please make sure that you really, you, may, you must only stay here for those 90 days. If the 90 days are over, the fact that you have filed an application for a residency permit does not allow you to overstay your visa. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is the visa D, as far as I know, as an extension of that while you wait for your for your job. Yeah, you have to be careful about that. Um, the visa D as a pre-stage to a residency permit only works in very, very little cases. Mm -hmm. There is a visa D as the so-called job seeker visa. Mm -hmm. um, this is given to people who are fulfilling the criteria for the red, white, red card for very highly qualified. So kind of the, the, the top-notch type of residency card. Um, they can get a job seeker visa type D for six months. And if they then find a job in Vienna during their time, they can apply for the red, red, red card. That's one case. Another case is the settlement permit for researchers. Researchers can also come to Austria on the basis of a visa D and then only start working here in their research function and only then make their application for the settlement permit for researchers. And there is also in some cases the possibility for foreign students. But for example, um, a Russian IT engineer cannot use a visa D that they have obtained for touristic purposes to come here and make an application then here for the residency permit. They would actually, even though they have a valid visa, have to return to their home country and then make the application from there through an Austrian embassy. Mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting distinctions. Okay. I, I learned something here. That's our daily job. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So who, who are the people that actually come to you? Is it mostly businesses or private private people that seek your advice? Um, well, like I said, the focus of our consulting work is on those residency permits that have a direct connection to people's work. We also sometimes have people who come with questions about their EU residency rights or with uh, family members um, of Austrians and things like that. And we, we don't send them away, but it's not the core of our work. Um, so the majority really are, like I said, red, red, red cards, blue cards and researchers. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the three biggest groups. Um, and within those, I would say it's a, it's a good 50-50 split. Uh, we get a lot of requests from the companies who want to employ these people. So especially from HR departments, uh, recruitment teams and things like that, and people like that. So we get those um, so that basically they collect the questions from their future staff members um, and then ask us we answer to them and they pass it on to their to their teams um, on the other side you also there's a lot of people who basically call us or send us an email saying well we've received your company your contact details for example from an austrian embassy or from mm -hmm. the ams 
and we are going to work in Vienna soon. Mm -hmm. Can you help us with that? So where there where it's typically the staff member or a family member of the staff member contacting us. Um, both is possible. We like to work with people directly, but we're also very, very happy to work with HR departments and with, with um, H, um, the whole staff staffing crews of companies. Um, yeah, both is interesting. Sometimes the perspectives are different, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, both is possible. Mm -hmm. Right, so maybe go back to the start. What's the Vienna Business Agency? Do you want to explain the different yes, departments? Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, the Vienna Business Agency is actually an organization with a 40 years history already in Vienna. And our, our overall goal is to secure and further develop Vienna as a business location. And this is basically done through a three pillar system. Um, pillar number one are our real estates. So uh, the Vienna Business Agency is actually a very large real estate developer for commercial real estate. Um, we are behind projects like Seestadt Aspen or the Vienna Biocenter and things like that. Um, and this is also where the roots of the organizations lay. We are also a very large provider of financial grants to businesses, um, very importantly to businesses of all sizes. So we do everything from large company extension programs if companies come up with very innovative new ideas. Um, but there's also small grants that little businesses can apply for. For example, we're currently supporting people who, whose businesses are losing money because of the underground construction sites and things like that. Um, we, gave, we gave a lot of money at the beginning of COVID for companies to be able to, to send their staff into home office or to develop new digital marketing ways um, because mm -hmm. they had to close their shops and things like that. So yeah. um, it's really, there is, there is something in for nearly every business with us. And the third pillar, and that's by the number of staff who are involved, probably the largest, are all kinds of consulting services, again, primarily for business. So whether you are a startup company with an innovative idea, whether you are a person who wants to start a small one-person company, or if you are a pharmaceutical giant who's going to invest 400 millions in Vienna, mm -hmm. um, we advise them all and we take big pride in saying we advise them all with the same passion. I think that goes for everybody who works in our agency. We're all doing our jobs very, very passionately. And from as one part of this consulting pillar is the international business department of the Vienna Business Agency, where we extend all of these services also to companies from abroad who want to expand to Vienna. So this is kind of where all our, our roots and our team are, bringing more international companies and international investors to Vienna. And we've done this very successfully over many, many years. Um, there's huge interest in international companies and business founders in, in coming to Vienna. But they also bring, they're not just interested in finding real estate or finding uh, commercial advisors and things like that, but they bring international people with them. And that's where 2010 then the expat center got started to say, okay, we don't just need to advise these, these businesses, but we need to advise the people who are coming with it as well. Mm -hmm. And then from the Vienna Expert Center, the Vienna Business Immigration Center came to life? Yes, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the Expert Center got started in 2010 and still exists and is 
working very, very well. Um, and last year we then got basically opened the business immigration office as a satellite of the expat center, but it's all still under the umbrella of the Vienna Business Agency. The difference between the expat center and the business immigration office basically is that we here at the business immigration office really focus on immigration and foreigners employment law. While the expat center still covers what I always call basically everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I always say we're doing, we're doing A to Z from A like arrival and B like bureaucracy down to Z like in German zoology. Mm-hmm. Um, if people come with all kinds of pets and I always say like we, we can help you to bring your family, to bring your pet, your car and whatever. And you, you can decide to yourself what's more important. Um, Car import can be a fascinating topic and not that easy sometimes. But yeah, we also have people with very exotic animals. A few years ago, we had US American clients who wanted to bring their two meter long iguana Mm -hmm. to Vienna. And they really made it a condition for accepting the job offer um, that they could bring that animal. And an iguana is a protected species, so mm-hmm. to move it from one country to the other, you don't you need a permission from the country that you take it out of, and you need a permission from the country that you want to bring it into. And in Vienna, the local veterinary authorities said they insist on first seeing the location where the animal is going to be kept before they give that permission. So of course, people said, well, but we're not we're not going to buy an apartment or rent an apartment if we're not sure that we can bring him. So it was a bit of a cat biting its tail mm-hmm. um, and it needed, an, it needed an intervention from our side maybe and it needed meeting a internationally minded veterinary officer um, who said, okay, I'm going to take the challenge. And people at the end kind of got like a list of requirements that their apartment has to fulfill to be iguana friendly. And under the condition that all of those would be fulfilled, they agreed to give that permission. Oh, so you so you even made an iguana, um, gave an iguana the possibility to live I haven't seen the iguana for a while, here. but the last time I saw him, he was very happy. <laughs> he at least looked like. How do you know if an iguana is happy? I guess he just looked happy. Okay, well maybe consult a veterinarian again about that <laughs> yeah, one. <true>. But <laughs> that's a that's a great story. So even with cars, um, that's something people usually don't consider so much. Because, yeah, there mm-hmm. is there is the the lovely Austrian um, Nova tax, which is an anti pollution tax, and that can make um, can make importing a car actually a relatively expensive thing in Austria. Okay. Do, do you quickly want to share a, a nugget of wisdom here? You seem to. <laughs> well, the, the important thing is that people are only being given a relatively small amount of time to mm-hmm. re-register their car. So if you're moving your place of main vital interests to Austria and you bring your car with you, you've only got 30 days from your arrival in Austria mm-hmm. until the car basically has to have an Austrian insurance and Austrian number plates on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can... If you're in the middle of that whole moving process, these 30 days can be pretty short. Um, and as part of this re-registration process, people have to pay the, the NOVA, which can be between 6% and up to 40% of the current worth of the car. Mm-hmm. And wow. how much tax you have to pay depends on the CO2 exhaust of the car. So the dirtier and kind of the older often, um, the more expensive it gets. 
Um, I recently pre-calculated the Nova tax for a gentleman who wanted to move his SUV from the Arabian Emirates to Vienna. Well, you could buy a small car for the price of that. Oh, wow. Okay. So folks, think twice if you want to really bring your cars. Vienna is a lovely city to also get along with that. Yeah, great public transport here. That's true. Um. <laughs> or buy a, buy a used one in Vienna freshly because then the Nova has already been paid by the previous owner. Because <laughs> it's only a one-time tax. Okay, thank you for your wisdom. Um, but let's go back to people. Okay. <laughs> Um, just because I come from the space as well with Austrian startups and um, how about entrepreneurs wanting to relocate um, mm -hmm. to Vienna as a business um, hub and um, like even as a freelancer or with their small companies to come to Vienna? Yeah, we see a big interest in of these groups to come to Vienna. Um, it has grown even more, I think, through COVID because people are becoming more mobile and think more about that they no longer have to sit where their work is to do that work. Um, so yeah, there's lots of requests in this direction. Uh, the Vienna Business Agency as a whole is also very well prepared for this. We have a separate department that deals just with startup topics mm -hmm. and they offer um, startup seminars and individual consultings and we have grant schemes for that community. Um, every year so we are really very active in this and we here at the business immigration office also play our part in this um, we're advising business founders on the options that they have regarding residency permits and work permits here mm -hmm. um, there is of course a separate type of red white red card for startup founders um, which is also going to get reformed in a few days <laughs> the starting capital will be lowered a bit further um, mm -hmm. But this isn't always the only solution possible. So especially in the startup field, the immigration solutions very strongly depend on how people want to set up their company legally. If it's going to be a, a sole proprietor business, an Einzelunternehmen, or if they want to start a limited liability company. Mm -hmm. And the advice that I would give in this field is that people should take, the, if they are not EU citizens, they should take this immigration law component pretty important from the beginning of their project on. Mm -hmm. We, unfortunately, you, I often meet with, with startup founders and they, they can tell you half an hour about how great their product is and how innovative and what, what all the kind of problems it solves. But then when you ask them, so have, you found, have you looked into legal business forms? Do you know what you want to register as a business? Do you know what trade license you're going to need? It's like, oh no, we haven't thought about this yet. Mm -hmm. And But we have to build the immigration solutions on top of that. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. please people take that into consideration. Okay. So I know it's a boring topic compared to other things startups have to think about, but yeah, it's a necessary one. So where should startup founders head um, when they want to consult? Well, come to the Vienna Business Agency as early as possible. That's mm -hmm. uh, like where I can say. Um, we have a, a no wrong doors policy, so it doesn't matter if people first contact the business immigration office or if they first contact our startup department, um, we will always make sure that they get all the services and all the information and will connect people internally to where, where they can get the best information, and the best resources. But the important thing is that, yeah, come early. Mm -hmm. Because we also can provide, for example, recommendations for, for first offices for a startup. 
um, we can, if, if our cost-free services are not enough for them, if they say, okay, we really, to get started, we now need a lawyer, we need a tax advisor or something, then we also have recommendations for such experts. So if people are looking for, for example, a Spanish-speaking business lawyer or an Italian-speaking tax advisor or something like that, um, we can help with such recommendations. We know such people and can then put people in, basically. Mm -hmm. We can give them contacts for, for experts that we know from previous cases and, and can recommend. But that's great also that uh, all your initial consultations are free. That's super yes, generous. I think, well, I would say they, they are free in the sense of that we hope people are going to be successful afterwards and mm -hmm. then they're going to pay taxes and that's, that's partially what, what the services are being paid from. But in my personal opinion, it's something that a right is only a right if you have access to it. And as if, if the public service, if public services are provided, then we also have to provide the information of how to access them. Mm -hmm. And um, if there is grant money provided, then I think we owe people to also explain to them how they can get it. So that's my, my personal motivation behind mm -hmm. it, maybe. Oh, that's a nice thought as well. Um, we previously mentioned the reform. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to explain a bit about the, the reform and what you're excited about to see changed or maybe some, well, some things that generally will change? Yeah, it's going to start from the 1st of October, so very, very soon. Um, it's going to bring some small, smaller changes, changes that will, I think, profit every applicant. For example, the general, the general mandatory requirement to provide a birth certificate in an immigration case uh, will fall. It will no longer, you will no longer need it in every case. It will only be requested in very, very specific individual cases. Um, something that I think is also very important um, in, in cases where people have to provide language certificates for the applications for their red, white, red cards, the duration of these language certificates, how long you can use them for these profit processes will be extended from one year to five years. Mm -hmm. So uh, I hope that will save a lot of people having to do an exam that they already did two years ago just because the one year period has expired. And then we're going to see a few very detailed changes for certain types of residency permits. Um, for example, there will be a new type of red, white, red card for people who have so far only worked in Austria seasonally. Mm -hmm. um, for example, in the tourism industry or in gastronomy, but also yeah, in many other, many other industries where seasonal work was a topic. Um, the new law will offer these people a chance to actually get a permission for permanent work in Austria. And we hope to, to fill gaps here in the labor market. I've already mentioned that the minimum um, investment capital for the startup permit is going to be lowered from 50,000 euros to 30,000 euros. Um, the EU blue card will have a, a significantly reduced minimum salary monthly. So it's, it's little turns, but I think many of them will be, will be important and will be, should really bring simpler solutions for many people. Mm -hmm. And are there generally um, changes you wish to see? <laughs> That's like writing a, a list to Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. um, yes, there are. Um, overall, I would say Austria has a very complicated immigration law system because we have things are very split up here. Mm 
-hmm. So um, we have, for example, we have a separate law that regulates the person's residency and we have a, another law that regulates who's allowed to work here mm -hmm. and things like that. And our, it's, being, it's a federal law that is being processed on a municipal or provincial basis, which again sometimes leads to the fact that different authorities in different parts of Austria interpret it differently. Um, so yeah, a few simplifications in that field would make it easier. And generally, uh, I think it would be very important to, to, to raise this, this, this welcoming atmosphere. I think the business immigration office is, is, is such an example. Mm -hmm. um, if people are coming here, they feel that they are being made welcome. Mm -hmm. we, have, we have put a, a bit of, of color on the wall. Um, we offer our, it's, it's simple things, but we offer our visitors, if they come for a consulting, they are being offered a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. I think there, this is such a Viennese way of hospitality that, but people don't expect that. They, they expect a typical public service atmosphere. Um, and I think this, if this example that we set here would spread a bit further, yeah, that would help. But it's nice to know that the Vienna uh, Business Immigration Office is spreading joy through the immigration <laughs> process. Well, we some, uh, sometimes we, we can't avoid being the messenger of bad news as well. So don't get me, get me wrong, not everything is kind of pink clouds here. Um, but even then it can be helpful to have somebody who simply tells you what the situation is and what your options are that you still have, which options probably no longer exist. Um, mm -hmm. But to give people a security in where they're standing in the process, what they can do to change it. Um, yeah, well, sometimes it's just about having a listening ear. Mm -hmm. That's nice. And how many people at the Vienna Business Immigration Office have a listening ear? <laughs> Who is the team? Um, well, the, like the, the Vienna Business Agency as a whole is pretty large. We're over 160. Um, our business, our international business department is a good dozen of people. Um, and then if you break it down to the expat services, we have two colleagues in the expat center. And here at the business immigration office, um, there is three of us. Um, I'm sharing the team with two very lovely um, colleagues, uh, with Katalin Sereni, who originally joined us when the CEU, the Central European Union, uh, sorry, Central European University moved to Vienna mm -hmm. um, and has stayed with the team then. She, she's a great advisor. Um, we also have um, Akanksha Babar, who, who is together with me doing most of the immigration law advisory things. And overall, he, just the three of us here at the Business Immigration Office have done um, over 2,300 cases last year. Oh, wow. That's since the start of um, the Vienna Business Immigration Office from last year. It yeah, started in, off in, last in year, 12 right? months. Yeah. Wow. That's that's quite a number. Big achievement as well. Yeah, we've been we've been busy. <laughs> Sounds like it. And uh, I think it's a really important point that you mentioned that um, when people come here, they want to feel welcome. They want to yes. feel like um this is the place where you want to set yeah. up your business and um, feel at home because it will be their new home right after a successful a, process at, at least temporarily yes mm -hmm. i mean um we don't really monitor how long people stay in austria it would be difficult i think as well we have i think we have everything from really the the intercorporate transfer who comes here for like one year or one and a half years up to people who really then after 10 years or something say look we want to stay we're pro probably considering becoming austrian citizens mm 
-hmm. we get people asking about buying houses here and all the, all kinds of things mm -hmm. um, at the expat center they have a lot of questions of people who want to start a, who start a family here Mm -hmm. Children expected. They need. Uh, they search for places in kindergartens, in schools. And you help with that? Yeah, yeah. We have a co uh, very lovely colleague there, Sidonia Musner. Um, she's an expat mom herself, so yeah. she knows it from very first experience. Um, mm -hmm. And she is our go-to person for all of these these family-related mm -hmm. things. But that's a big point, I think. Um, We have a lot of international organizations mm -hmm. in Vienna and it does happen that people start a family and of course, yeah. Um, so it's it's nice to know that people actually enjoy being here and um, it's also stay. very a very interesting part of the work here that if you do it over a longer period of time like I do now, um, you, you become a part of people's life's journey in a way. So it's their their first their arrival, their first immigration issues, then their first extension. Then maybe a job change in between, a marriage, a child, a divorce from time to time, um, buying a house. Um, yeah, we've had everything. We've we've had people who wanted to who adopted children. Mm -hmm. um, everything, up mm -hmm. to the, of course the end as well. Mm -hmm. People come with heritage questions when making a will. Um, unfortunately, also cases of death. Um, yeah, we're there. Mm -hmm. Through all of experts' questions, I'm yep. that's super cool. Bringing it back to the nice cup of coffee and the welcoming uh, environment we have in Vienna. Um, how is Vienna setting itself as a part to be an attractive um, capital for business to go here, specifically move here? Why should they move here in an immigration aspect? From an immigration point of view, um, I can say We, when, when we started our services here, we had a look at how other cities are doing it. Um, in 2010, when we started the Expat Center, there wasn't much, there weren't many examples around us. The Netherlands had such centers already, uh, but other than that, we were pretty, pretty much the pioneers, at least here in Central Europe. And I think every, every area or every city has to set up such a center according to its very individual needs. Um, for us, it always played a big part that we, we want to support these international companies coming here. Other cities see it differently. They always saw it primarily as a place to support their local businesses in the recruitment processes. So it's every, every city has its own needs and everybody has to set up their services the way they need them. I think we have set them up very well for the, for the needs of Vienna. Um, we really are we are we are that go-to place for the international person mm -hmm. who's coming here with with the two services so that they can get their their immigration questions answered here at the business immigration office they can get their housing needs their family needs um, their socializing and networking preferences um, they can get help for these uh, things at the expat center Uh, we also have an expat club where we also we organize events ourselves and get help people to make first contacts here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think we've set it up ideally for us, um, and we're still interested in how others do it. But like I think everybody has to do it in their very own way. Mm -hmm. So there is no global conference of business agencies. That there is actually one. Really? Yeah, yeah. There is especially the the European so-called investment promotion agencies. That's basically the, the overall term for mm -hmm. that. Um, we regularly exchange, 
Uh, there are conferences for this every year all over for, for the whole of Europe. Um, but yeah, what you find out there is that simply different countries and different provinces have different needs. So, for example, Vienna is not an industrial location simply. Mm -hmm. um, we are not the place to start a car production plant. Um, there are other cities in Europe who are in aiming exactly for these types of businesses. Mm -hmm. Whereas we are, we are aiming, um, like you said, for, we are aiming for startup companies, we are aiming for biotechnology companies, for life sciences, for information and communication technology. This is, I think, where Vienna has the necessary assets for where we have excellent universities, where they produce a lot of well-qualified graduates. Um, Vienna also can mark market itself very well as a kind of center of Europe location. Mm -hmm. And um, most livable city in the world, I think that yes. helps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, most livable city definitely helps. Um, but like, if, if you're located in Vienna, you can reach, I think, three quarters of all EU capital cities in a one and a half hours flight mm -hmm. um, you can people really enjoy the, the proximity to to other countries in central and eastern europe um, from mm -hmm. vienna you can go for um, an afternoon um, trip to to bratislava and things yeah, like that the uh, two closest capitals in the world right yeah true mm -hmm. true yeah that's nice that's a good point actually and um Thank you for your time. I, I just want to wrap this up with maybe your um, last bits of advice. What are the things you see the most and you wish people would know in advance? What questions do you have to answer daily where you're like, oh, I wish people I, would I, know them already. I think the most important thing would be that people f first look for help and first look for consulting and advice before they get themselves into situations. Um, like. If you, dis if you think you want to start working here in Austria while you're maybe here as a student or something like that, then please first find out if you're allowed to do it actually and what, with what kind of paperwork you do it um, and not, not, start the, not start the job and then come to us and say, um, would I actually have been allowed to do that? <laughs> oh no. So that, hap yeah, but that really happens. Mm -hmm. um, also like a big, a big myth in the immigration field is that people think that there are certain types of residency permits that allow them to work everywhere in the European Union. Mm -hmm. This permit does not exist, full stop. It doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. don't, don't think that just because your best friend told you it exists that it would exist. No, it doesn't exist. Um, I think just this summer we had like a dozen people who came, had residency permits from, for example, Italy and thought they can work in Vienna with this. Mm -hmm. um, that's the perfect way of actually ruining your chances to be late, to later be maybe allowed to work here if you have the right paperwork, mm -hmm. if you already got caught working illegally. Mm -hmm. Because if you get rejected once, it has repercussions, right? Um, yeah, uh, working illegally um, as a foreigner in Austria gets you blocked from actually being able to obtain a residency and work permit mm -hmm. here for minimum one year. Okay, so really think before you do it. Yeah, ask early. <laughs> go to the Vienna Business Immigration Office <laughs> and seek help. It's yeah, free anyway. Yeah, go, go, go to an Austrian embassy in your home country. Um, but get the advice first and then take the decision. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time and <laughs> answering all these complicated questions. And 
and then sharing the iguana story. I think that was a highlight. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you know someone or even are someone whose story needs to be told, please message me under immigration.stories.austria at gmail.com. You can also find the email address in the show notes. Immigration Stories Austria.